Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. In issues of racism, there are going to be some who will say, why don't you stick to preaching gospel? The social, political, and economic concerns have increasingly encroached upon the minds of those who should know better. The real transformative work in a nation is the transformative work of the gospel. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, this is going to be agitating. <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> did, did you hear all those radio dials changing? This is Richard Radio. I don't need nothing to get me agitated. In fact, my temperature, it's simmering at the agitation temperature. I feel that. Have you... Have you been able to discover why it is that so much stuff is bugging you lately? Or am I being assumptive, uh, that, that uh, presumptuous, that you're you're not actually feeling that way? Jimmy, are you feeling that way lately? That stuff bugs me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did stuff bug you more today than it did five years ago? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. What's wrong with you? And I mean that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What's wrong with you? Because I want to figure it out because that's how I'm feeling too. Yeah. It, well, if I knew I wouldn't be bugged, I don't think. Well, I, okay. Last week, I biffed it when I was trying to articulate how I see stuff these days, stuff that is good and nice and wholesome. Mm-hmm. I'm cynical about it. I don't mm. know what it is. It's it's not like I'm, I'm like cognitively processing it, but, but I'll, we're out to eat. And I look over the table, it's a husband and wife and two children, and none of them are on their cell phones. I should go, sweet. But then I think, well, the other parents that have got their kids on electronic devices, what are those kids going to grow up to be like? Why, why can't I just enjoy, look at that <laughs> nice little family there? Whatever, it, I, I, I see something, and rather than just, okay. I don't know if this will resonate with you or it will put me into an asylum, which we don't actually have anymore. But that's a different conversation for another day. I have a friend, friends, couple. They live way up north. We, we live in northern Atlanta. They live way up north. And the wife said that they live up there. She said, until I get to, oh, I can't. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, there's an exit way up north, uh, way up 400, like Browns Bridge. Is that what it's called? Oh, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, 16, 15, 17? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's 18. why I'm asking you. <laughs> it's past See, my there's house. my cynicalness that's right there <laughs> being expressed toward you. And, and she said, I don't breathe until I get there. And I got that. I got that where it's like you're just, <sighs> okay, it's good. That's good. Okay. I'm out of this nut house called Atlanta. Okay, it's it's maybe you don't have it as immediate as she was describing, but you have this feeling when you go on vacation. You know, the first day you're getting there, you're frazzled. The second day, you kind of you're leaning into it. Third day, it's like, ah. Okay, I used to have that feeling most of the time. Most of the time. I I was kind of at shalom level. Okay, it's overall good. And you see something and it's like, hmm, that's a blip. Now the blips are normative. The bad news is the constant news. The weirdness is normal. And I've discovered that I'm lacking. 
that I can't just, and when I see something that is, uh, it, it rather than just going, oh, see, that's, okay, that's the what's normative. Nope. I, I just, I can't enjoy the moment. Do you feel that way? Or are you making reservations for me as we speak? Maybe, Jimmy, watch this segue. Maybe, just maybe, our recent offering of a book <laughs> that we'd like to give to you if you are struggling with this particular issue. Heath Lambert's book, it's called The Great Love of God. Listen, this, this is, I think, chapter one. There is power in the love of God to lift you out of the rut of loneliness that has trapped you for so long. You're never lonely when you realize how much God loves you. Now, you, you might desire friends and company. That's fine. But we're talking about I, I feel alone. You are not. And you could check the theological box. Okay, God's omnipresent. I get it. He's everywhere. So fine. I'm not alone. Well, hold on. That's not enough. He's not just near you. He's surrounding you with his love. Think on that. And then loneliness, not just being alone, loneliness will, will, will start to evaporate. It continues. There is power in the love of God to transform your hard, selfish, and hateful heart into a soft heart that cares for others. There is power in the great love of God to turn even your most painful situations into experiences of joy. Maybe that's why we are maybe losing the war to cynicism, to becoming <sighs> angry at the world because of this doctrine being neglected. If you struggle with the love of God, I mean, it's like you'd rather not talk about it. This, this, this is... These are the criteria you need to meet to take advantage of this offer because it's not a cheap book. Our gospel partners are making a way for you to have this book, to grow in your love for God, but it has to be a genuine malady for you. Then you can go to wretched.org slash love and get this book. If that doesn't describe you, then carry on. Leave the book for somebody else. But if you are indeed... Yeah, I don't really care for that doctrine. I don't like to talk about that doctrine. I don't think that that doctrine is important. You, you, you might just need this book, and it's going to challenge you a lot. And maybe just maybe along the way, it might help you have a softer, more tender heart toward a world that is absolutely, positively, <sighs> case in point, man spends $22,000 on a collie dog suit costume so that he can be what he thinks he is, a dog. And the world goes, yeah, we affirm that. This is in Japan, which, by the way, happens to be an exceedingly godless nation when it comes to the Christian faith. It's very godless. Known only as Toko, the man spent two million yen on a hyper-realistic rough collie costume to fulfill his lifelong dream of becoming an animal. He has 30,000 YouTube subscribers. He was seen playing in his backyard on all fours and performing tricks in exchange for treats. He was seen taken out for a walk on a leash, sniffing at other dogs in a park and rolling around on the floor. Quote, I became a collie, fulfilling a dream I had since I was a little child to be an animal. Now, the world can't do anything but affirm that because if they reject that man's thinking, 
well, then they have to reject other people's thinking that they can imagine they're something that they are clearly not. <sighs> New drug for cannabis use disorder. In other words, you're a pothead. You can't stop taking that drug. We've now got a pill that'll help you to not smoke the substance that we work so hard to legalize. By the way, can I ask a question? What's the difference between cigarette smoke and marijuana smoke when it comes to secondhand smoke? I recall, in fact, it's still alive and well today. I just drove by a building. This guy comes running out of the building so he could light up his heater because you can't smoke inside because secondhand smoke kills. Isn't that true? Pot smoke? Why? Isn't anybody in Colorado talking about the pot smoke, secondhand smoke problem? At any rate, this is a drug that aims to stem cravings. It's being developed by a French biopharmaceutical company and shows promise in human trials. Because approximately 14.2 million people aged 12 and older were diagnosed with cannabis use disorder. <laughs> How can they help taking the pot? It's a disorder. Yes, they're lighting up a bong every 20 minutes. It's just a disorder. They're helpless to it. And how does the world respond? Medication. You lost crazy world, you. And we can get agitated. Maybe just maybe, maybe consuming more, thinking about the love of God will help drive out what might be coming somewhat of a cynical attitude that is so easy to cultivate in our culture. Let me take you now to agitate in history. <laughs> Let's go way back in time. Listen for the language of speculation. This is a human being trying to figure out what happened millions of years ago. Headline from Scientific American. Early human ancestors ate each other for food. Fossil leg bone suggests. Okay, so they found a leg bone. It has some markings on it. We think people were cannibals, or at least that's what it suggests. A fossilized leg bone bearing cut marks made by stone tools might be the earliest evidence that ancient humans butchered and ate each other's flesh. Okay. Um, maybe the guy had an accident. I, I don't know, because I can't go back that far and speculate, which is exactly what evolutionary science is. The most logical conclusion is like other animals, this hominem was butchered to be eaten. Um, I can think of about 75 other fantastic imaginations that might explain it, but I can't because I wasn't there and I didn't see it. And yet evolution, the language of speculation, it presses on. This, by the way, was a bone on an unidentified hominem species. So we don't even know what it was for sure, but we saw some marks. We think they were eating each other. Concluded the cuts didn't look like animal bites, but resembled those known to be made by stone tools. Utter nonsense. Evolutionary science is not science at all. More agitation to come next on Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa. 
And the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Club's ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Are you tired of the endless scrolling and mindless internet browsing? Well, you can absolutely break free from the digital realm and enter the Bible Zone. This month, we invite you to unlock the power of the scriptures with our exclusive Bible Zone bundle. With the Bible Zone bundle, not only will you learn to read your Bible better, but you'll also desire to read it more. This $100 value is available all month long for only $39.99. Buckle up and get ready to enter the Bible Zone by picking up the Bible Zone bundle, including Herman Who, It's Not Greek to Me, Drive-By Theology, Jesus Unmasked, plus all four study guides to go along with the resources, all for $39.99, but only during the month of August. Visit wretched.org slash Biblezone right now to place your order, but hurry up before time runs out. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Irenaeus was an apologist and disciple of Polycarp, who was a disciple of the Apostle John. He served as the Bishop of Lyon and wrote against heresies, a refutation of Gnosticism and Docetism, in which he demonstrated the coherence and necessity of the Incarnation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Agitating History. This is Wretched Radio. History ain't as easy as it appears. Some people, they think that history is a softer science. Well, all you do is study dates and things. It's not like you're having to do chemical formulas. It's easier. Ah, Well, you can debate which one is harder, but I would suggest to you history ain't easy. It ain't easy at all. In order to know what was going on and why a particular event happened in the past, the individual who is reporting has to be there. And that's potentially a problem because we're not there. 
So you have to go back and you need to read somebody who was there, even recognizing that they bring presuppositions to the party and they can import their own sense of things, their own worldview into the story. Which is why when you read history, sometimes you have disparate stories. Is it wait a second? That guy said that that historian said, Well, hold on. They even lived back then. Why? Because even the people who could have been eyewitnesses to some of the events couldn't strip all of their presuppositions, nor could they understand the zeitgeist. Winston Churchill wrote a magnificent history of World War II. Did he get everything right? No. And did he furthermore, would Winston Churchill have been able to explain well why the people of Germany embraced a Nazi like Adolf Hitler? And he could to a degree better than you and I could because he was closer, but he wasn't in Germany. He wasn't a German. He, he, he was not on the losing end of World War I. He wasn't suffering from the economy that the Germans did that, that helped promote the rise of Adolf Hitler. Now, was he a good historian? Yes. Did he get everything right? Impossible. Furthermore, he can't explain everything. Because in order to really articulate what is going on and why something is going on, there are so many components that need to be understood. What was, what was the currency like in that time? This is going to sound, by the way, like grammatical historical hermeneutics. But this applies to history. What was transportation like? What was the education system? What were they being taught in the schools? What was the nationalistic attitude? Did they have fervor and zeal? Did people hate their country? Were they living underneath an oppressor? What was playing on TV? What sort of music were people listening to? How were they being raised up? What religion dominated that society? All of those things help us to understand why people did what they did back then. Today, we have very few good historians. Case in point, a really frustrating article in The Atlantic called The Banality of Conspiracy Theories. The effort, the aim of this particular article was to use a story from the 1830s in Boston to demonstrate how stupid those people were and how people who do similar types of things or cop similar attitudes are just as stupid. In other words, you and me <laughs> is the point of the article. And as I read this article, I thought, I'm going to try to give it a fair hearing. It was seven pages long. All right, make your case. Now, for starters, when a historian begins the argument by anecdote, you're already in trouble. It, the person who personified that tactic better than anybody else was Pastor Greg Boyd. If you're listening on KKMS right now, I think he's still pastoring at Wood, Woodland Hills, I think was the name of the church. He's an open theist, super likable guy. But every time I saw him debate, and I actually was in a debate with him, I was moderating the debate. It was anecdote, anecdote, anecdote. And that isn't an argument. An anecdote colors the argument. It doesn't make the argument. And so... Greg would always use these stories where you're like, yeah, I feel that. Therefore, my position is right. And that's exactly what this guy does. The banality of conspiracy theories in the Atlantic talks about what happened in the Ursuline convent in Boston in 1830, which to me is it's interesting because it was a group of Protestants that appeared to be appeared to be 
a powerful sect in Boston in the 1830s, and they went after a Catholic convent, which to me is strange because when I think Boston, I think Roman Catholic. I think JFK. I think, Jimmy, would you check and see how Catholic is Boston? Because <laughs> yes. I think it's pretty, I think it's still pretty Catholic these days. Okay. All right. Do your Google work. The Ursuline Convent had a reputation. It was a school where girls would go that they were being impregnated and the babies were being born and then buried because they didn't want the evidence. The Protestants, being concerned about this, went to the Ursuline Convent and torched it and tore it up. All right. Now, I haven't dived into that story in particular. I'm not so sure this guy dived into it either. Instead, clearly what these Protestants, isn't what they did ridiculous? Hold on. What was going on? Now, by the way, I'm not saying that what they did was right. I, I, I don't know if they had it right or wrong back then. I, I don't know what was going on in the convent. My point is that to just overlook why people thought the way that they did a long time ago is to be a terrible historian. Case in point, he writes this regarding conspiracy theories. Combating them requires first understanding they're not only novel, but in fact wrote almost to the point of banality. So you Christians who are embracing these conspiracy theories, you're as terrible as these people back in the 1830s in Boston who burned down a Catholic convent. Here's the story. By the way, this just, this thing rankled me. That's right. I said rankled. They often, conspiracy theorists, often portray the American nuclear family, particularly its women and its children, as uniquely vulnerable and in need of protection. Yeah, exactly. Because they do. So he's going to make the point, you see, because... <laughs> they believe that women and children need to pr protecting. They thought that women and children were being abused at this place, so they burned it down. Um, yeah, we should be concerned about the safety of women and children. Here's the article. In the late 1820s and 30s, a sharp increase in immigration, mainly from Ireland and Germany, led to an explosion in anti-Catholic attitudes. Um, yes, yes, it did. Because Protestants new history in Europe. This author apparently does not. What was the relationship between Catholics and Protestants in Europe? It wasn't good. And whilst I think you can cite a couple of times where the Protestants, yep, they went to war with Catholics, a lot of Protestants were murdered by the Catholic Church. And when the, when the Puritans came here, and when the early settlers came to this country, they knew that. That's why in Savannah, the settlers of Savannah wanted Roman Catholicism outlawed because they went, well, if they do it there, they'll do it here. Is there any consideration of that in this particular article? Not a whit. Anti-Catholicism itself wasn't new. It has been fundamental to the founding of American democracy, a model of political participation that wasn't ruled by divine authority. Exactly. Catholics. Protestants feared, could not be trusted to participate in representative democracy, but rather than act as autonomous citizens making informed decisions, they'd come vote as a block in accordance with the wishes of the Pope. Yes, that's right, because they had reason for that. This is just present because where we are at, and we all need to be aware of this, I, I think a particular way I view things, there are certain things that we just deem to be like, ugh.
And those are informed by our culture and our world and our Hollywood entertainment tells us how we're supposed to respond to certain things. This guy is not acknowledging anything about European history. Why did they feel this way? There was good reason for it. Quote, the philosophical aspect of anti-Catholicism, which targeted not the individual so much as the idea that people could be controlled by a religious authority, not bound by American sovereignty, helps explain why it was so easily repackaged more recently against Muslim immigrants and the specter of Sharia law. Oh, man. You see what they were doing back then? We're doing today with the religion that actually has codified that they would like the entire world to live under Sharia law. But if you and I say, um, that's a problem and that's not compatible with an American representative republic, well, you're just like the people in Boston who burned down a convent. See what he did there? Oh, that is so agitating. So frustrating. Quote, this is, he's quoting Senator Sam Houston of Texas, 1855. We make war upon no sect, said Sam Houston. He was at a barbecue. While also asserting the need to resist the political influence of pope or priest. Oh, he must have been xenophobic, racist, misogynistic, homophobic. No, he, he had history. And he saw what was going on in, in Europe. And he was seeing the mingling of church and state and how emperors and rulers wanted to have their religion imposed on their people. It was palpable. It was real. Today, it's simply ignored so that people can use history, toss it around like they're nothing but a collection of morons who didn't know anything about nothing so that well, they can... They can Michael Foucault everything. Just deconstruct everything because they do terrible history. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, it appears that Indiana has been taking steps to limit abortions. 95% of the evil practice has now been outlawed in the state, thanks to a new law that goes into effect today. Some are up in arms over the law, arguing over the exemptions allowed in the law, while others like Planned Parenthood are begrudgingly adhering to the provisions of the law, but also they're seeking for alternative ways to murder unborn babies even though, according to them, that's only a small percentage of their business model. Funny how quickly we start looking for loopholes when laws get in the way of what we want. Well, in a move that seems a little contradictory to some people, the government in the UK is now issuing certificates of baby loss to parents who have lost babies in miscarriages. That comes after a recent review of pregnancy laws, but guess what they're not issuing certificates of baby loss for? If you said abortion, you would be absolutely correct. I guess if you're in the UK, there's only some losses you can mourn. Others, you still can't. Meanwhile, in Oklahoma, Governor Kevin Stitt has enacted a women's bill of rights, which protects women's only spaces. Imagine that, a law that says women are women and men are men and men must stay out of private areas dedicated to women. And reading the law 
because I did. It, it doesn't seem like it's about hating anyone at all, even though that's what the opponents of the law say. Yeah, no, it's pretty clear it's about protecting women and girls from harm. It's amazing that that just became such a radical idea. And speaking of radical, and I mean radical, famed atheist Richard Dawkins has joined voices that would most likely agree with your voice. Yes, you, because he's criticizing transgender ideology. Dawkins, who is a stickler for biological accuracy, says he's puzzled by the notion that a man could simply declare himself a woman. Yeah, it's a strange world we're living in, Richard, but even stranger when an atheist biologist and a Christian theologian find themselves on the same side of the aisle. And more somber news, West Africa has seen a startling rise in terrorism attacks this year. And as if the increase in attacks wasn't enough, it's estimated that 30 million people in the region are also in need of food aid. And finally, an American nurse and her daughter have been kidnapped in Haiti. The U.S. State Department has yet to release any further details other than what I just told you. But what we can do in the meantime is to be fervently praying for this mother and daughter. And that has been today's latest Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ in the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Apostle of our Confession. An Apostle is one who is sent. Jesus is the one sent from the Father and empowered by the Holy Spirit to deliver the Gospel in which all Christians confess their belief. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Can you spell capitulation? This is Wretched Radio. Let me take you to Great Britain, specifically Cornwall. If you live in Cornwall, I hope you pay a lot in taxes because it is spectacularly loverly there. There was a TV series from the BBC that was filmed about St. Fim... I'm so sorry, my British friends. St. Fimbaris Parish Church in Fowey? F-O-W-E-Y. Zoink, Scoob. My apologies. And it featured a female vicar, which has been acceptable in the Church of England since, I believe, 1992. The church lost its vicar, the actual church, not the TV series. The church lost its vicar, and they said, we're searching for a new guy only. Well... Talk about taking a bold stance. They decided that they only wanted to have a male in the office of elder. You know, the way it has been understood for 2,000 years. Well, look at the peer pressure they received. Headline, Church in Hometown of Vicar of Dibley Star Reverses Ban on Female Pastors. She was a female vicar. They only wanted a male vicar. Here's the details of capitulation. The council cited local and community-wide disappointment in the original decision to hire a male exclusively, which they said was made without consultation and didn't represent the sentiments of the town or parish. Well, that's one way for the tail to wag the dog. Where do we go to make these decisions? If you and I are going to listen to the voice of the world, it's going to take you about two seconds to capitulate because you're going to compromise because they're not going to like, they shouldn't like, they shouldn't 
hate everything we do. They're not nuts about us because they hate our master. But there's many things that the world is not going to affirm. Marriage, gender issues, uh, the, just the the Marxism that's infiltrating everything. They're, they're just not going to dig us in many regards. And if we listen to them, well, then we're going to be like the vicar of Dibley. The church will now begin the search for a new part-time vicar without any gender stipulations. Go ahead, survey the public. And what you're going to get is an outcry that says, how dare you be so sexist? And then you capitulate. And speaking of capitulation and women in the role of elder, let's go to Saddleback Church, shall we? Because, wow, this is, Jimmy, I have to confess, I could learn something from two pastors, husband and wife duo, who come out onto the stage dressed as Little Bo Peep. And what's he dressed as? I, I don't know. Like, like it, Woody from it, Toy Story? It kind of looks like that, yeah. All righty then. They love it. Well, hi, Bo Peep. Hey, Woody. Oh, it is Woody. You were right. Good to see you. Too. <laughs> are you at church? Yes, we are. Welcome to Saddleback, everybody. <laughs> As you guys are being seated, tell your partner beside you, do you do you vote for Team Woody or Team Buzz? Ooh, that's a ooh. Oh man, I'm gonna need my Bible to make that decision. I better hear a lot of Team Woody out there. <laughs> Go ahead and grab a seat, y'all. Well, we will. And frankly, get back up and walk out the door. <laughs> when are these movie, series, sermon, silly things going to end? Are they ever going to? Headline, as long as we're on the subject from CNN, more women are aiming to become church leaders. Together, they could change American Christianity. Mm, yeah, they could. They have, positively or negatively, every denomination that has indeed capitulated on the role of who occupies the office of elder. They're going south. This article, by the way, from CNN doesn't mention that. They, they mention the ELCA as, oh, look at the amazing work that they decided to do by opening up the office of elder to females. Have you seen their statistics lately? This is from the academic officer at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena. Women and men in the church have seen abuse and suffering. They've seen the role of the patriarchy in the church. They want to address constructively some of these challenges that have been facing both the church and in our society. Enough of this. We need to be different. A lot of these women are marshalling energy in that direction. So how are they making a decision? Uh, peer pressure. Women that are pressuring them. Society that certainly makes noise. And piggybacking on the patriarchy narrative that is so prevalent these days, making all men patriarchs and toxically masculine. By the way, Jimmy, yes. the, bar the Barbie business, I, th I think that that's what that's an attack on. When the Ken guy, mm -hmm. can I, can I, uh, well, you know, mm -hmm. these days. Okay. So Ken 
be, decided he wanted to do patriarchy. So it was kind of a skewering of patriarchy. Now, it depends on how you define patriarchy. If you're talking about abusive, if you're talking about intolerant, if you're talking about oppressive, well, I would join that chorus. Mm -hmm. But that word hasn't historically meant that, that males play certain roles and females play certain roles. From the article and the Fuller Seminary person, power and privilege, not always a bad thing. Sometimes it can mean the opportunity to speak and share your perspective. Folks who've been marginalized or oppressed, paging Karl Marx, paging Frederick Nietzsche, paging Michel Foucault, those who are marginalized or oppressed have a clearer radar regarding things like power and when it's abusive. Mm-hmm. Or when people are being excluded. There was a pretty good article written in a website that talked about the word discrimination. And it, it, was, it was pretty lengthy. And each paragraph was, we discriminate when. We discriminate when you go to the grocery store. You don't buy everything in the store. You leave some things behind. That's discriminating. Now, there's, there's also a discrimination that takes place in organizations. Hiring. If you're hiring a mathematician and the person doesn't know how to add two plus two, you discriminate. But these days, any discrimination is horrible. And so they use the language to undermine and deconstruct everything. An article in the Christian Post attempting to bridge the opposing views of women pastors. All right. Let's see how we can capitulate, shall we? My first consideration is this, writes the author. There's a crucial difference between the task of pastoring and the office of pastor. Jimmy, do you know what that distinction is? Uh, yeah. What, what's the difference between the task of pastoring and the office of pastor? Uh, Who gets to do the task of pastoring and holding the office of the pastor? A male? They're synonymous. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't pastor unless, you know, you're a pastor. Now, they might argue, well, aren't we supposed to do the one another's? Yes. But it is the pastor who does the shepherding of the flock. It continues, every believer is not called to the office of pastor in a local church, but every believer is commanded to pastor. No. We're commanded to do things with one another, but you can only pastor if you're a pastor. Now, I will put a Band-Aid on my child's finger, but that doesn't make me a doctor. We go to an emergency room when the finger is missing and it needs to be reattached, and we let doctors do the doctoring. Doing something that a pastor happens to do doesn't make one a pastor. Back to the article. Pastoring, serving, and ministering share common traits. Um, yeah, but you can't say that because there's some overlap. Therefore, the people who can do things like serving can do the other things. When you've got a clear text that says, we're going to discriminate here. God's made that decision on our behalf. Though they do not come from the same Greek word in the New Testament. You don't say. The main point in this article allows for those three English words to be interchangeable. Well, okay. That's, a <laughs> That's one way to do it, I guess. Not only do they define the Christian life, but they also, like the office of pastor, involve spiritual leadership. 
And what about the faithful work of Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Ruth, Deborah, and later Eunice, Lois, Priscilla, Lydia? Praise God for those women, but they weren't pastors. Now, maybe they, a pastor does a lot of things, and just because a parishioner does one of those things doesn't make that person, a, it doesn't open up the office of pastor to anyone. The point here is clear. 1 Corinthians 12 makes no distinction between ordained and non-ordained believers. The gifts were for all of us to use in love. That's right. And we want women to use their gifts. But God has discriminated. The church has capitulated. This is Wretched Radio. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Ah, thank you for tuning in to Wretched Radio today and listen up, gospel partners. I also want to thank you for standing firm with us in the mission to reach millions of people around the world. Your ongoing support has been nothing short of incredible. But guess what? We are not done yet. No, not by a long shot. And we need you to keep standing firm with us as we continue sharing the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Ephesians 6.13 tells us, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. And that's what we're desiring from you. And don't worry about wasteful spending because 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. We're ECFA approved and that's verifiable. So gospel partners, let's continue preaching the gospel to the lost, equipping people to preach the gospel and strengthening the local church. Just visit wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Important dates in Christian history. 1545, the Council of Trent opens 
Called by the Roman Catholic Church in response to the Reformation, it addressed abuses in the Catholic Church and further entrenched dogmas concerning the authority of the Pope, the need for works in salvation, and the saving nature of the Mass. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We'll build a stage. We'll put on a show. Well, um, I want to thank the creative team that convinced me to dress like Woody. A creative team in church? This is Wretched Radio. You need one of those if you are going to entertain and amuse the masses. (laughs) They definitely won't be getting a raise. (laughs) I must say, Andy's been a very good sport about this because it was not his idea. but But he did it. He's dressing up in what could be deemed a child's Halloween costume. And behind them, it appears like it's the Toy Story set in the child, whoever the kid is, Andy, right? That's the ironic part, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I know his name is Andy. The guy who owns Woody is Andy. So we'll have Andy be Woody. That's making perfect sense to me. He's being a good sport. So, yes, we are so thankful that you're here. And if you're wondering. You know what? She's a pretty good communicator, that one. What in the world is happening right now? And what have I stepped into? Maybe you're a first-time guest with us. We want to say... It ain't church. Okay, quit making a mockery of our religion. Please stop it. You want to do shows? Then go build a stage and put on a show. Join your community theater, please. This is the Church of Jesus Christ, not of Latter-day Saints. Welcome, and you have shown up for a very special weekend here at Saddleback Church. We are in the middle of a series this summer, a four-part series called At the Movies. And this weekend, we're going to be looking a little bit deeper at the story of Toy Story. That, because, you know, Jimmy, I have some unanswered questions. Uh, Yeah. I have been troubled. I'm sorry. I didn't know it would... I didn't know it'd be this hard. Slinky dog. Oh. Why? Why? <laughs> Why do things happen like this to dogs that they become slinky dogs? I I need to go to Saddleback Church, and apparently I'll find the answer to that. More church news for your consideration. I, I don't know what to say. So clever. <laughs> and so when did this start? About 15 years ago? All righty then. Churches continue to sing Hillsong and Bethel. Oh, is that true? A new study found that worship leaders avoid uh, that a few worship leaders avoid songs from Hillsong and Bethel. Two of the uh, so-called big four megachurches that dominate modern worship music. Indeed, they do. They've got a creative team too. Let me tell you something. They know how to make music. A survey of more than 400 church worship leaders in the U.S. and Canada conducted in the fall of 2022, determined people don't care. They're popular, so we'll play them. The people, they beg for them. You know, that really... Should a worship leader, not that there is such an office, and should the pastor, who should be affirming all of the worship that is presented on a Sunday morning, should that person listen to the congregation? Oh, I think obviously to a point. Hey, if there's a particular something that you'd like, please let me know and we'll consider it. But this is allowing the church to dictate what is what they want to hear. That's not a minister's role to capitulate and to do 
what the congregation desires. Now, it doesn't mean the door should be slammed on them. They should be able to communicate respectfully and lovingly, but it's up to the it's up to the leader to lead and determine what's good for you. Only 16% of worship leaders said they were less likely to choose a song with ties to Hillsong. About one in four said they were less likely to choose a song with ties to Bethel. More than half of worship leaders said they were likely to choose songs with ties to Hillsong. 62% and 48% would choose Bethel. If you get a chance and you'd like to learn a little bit more about those organizations, encourage you to visit the YouTube machine. Type in wretched, comma, Hillsong. You'll find a presentation that Justin Peters and I did. And by the way, Jimmy, been talking to Justin. Yeah. Not confirmed yet, but we were thinking about creating a resource on discernment. And we're going to start it out. Now, get ready for this. This is going to be really good. And, well, Justin is going to be wearing the... He's going to be Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be Gene Wilder. <laughs> this, I'm telling you, this is going to be kooky when we present this resource on the subject of discernment. And so that is why. I'm sorry. Did I hit play? Andy and I dressed up like Woody and Buffy. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so. so many. They're slaying them, too. They're killing them. So Boy, many. they had this patter all planned. Oof, so smooth many. as butter. So many spiritual lessons there. <laughs> More church news for your consideration. Oh, by the way, I have to tell you, my heart is full. Free old, we don't care about your heart. Well, it's usually just filled with wickedness. But today it's filled with joy. We did a video on the subject of heaven on the YouTube machine. And I've been reading the comments. And I'm so glad that that was a blessing to folks. Such a... Wow, that just, mm, just such a joy. So many people have lost loved ones, or so many people have lost the ability to do things. And opening up heaven with some sanctified imagination to understand that heaven is going to come down, the new, the new Jerusalem. And it looks like, based on the Greek language, the ten, it's already built, and God's got it built coming down. And he's going to dwell with his people on this purged, this renewed earth. And it is my contention, you will be doing many of the same things that you do here that you enjoy without the sin part. Just so much to look forward to, so much that the Lord has prepared, so much that is in store for us. And I have to tell you, oh, look at me, Jimmy, I'm going to sneak in a plug. You will never get to the bottom of experiencing the love of God Ever, ever, ever. You say, why is why is heaven going to be so amazing? One word answer, Jesus, period. That's it. God is going to be in our midst. We are supposed to be living in light of the reality that God is the one who has sovereignly ordained everything. And I get to participate in that. And everything that I receive, whatever it is, the, a good health report, bad health report, it's all the right thing because it comes from God who loves us. And all of the gifts should serve to remind us what an amazing giver we have. So look at all the goodness on this planet. Yeah, there's a lot of wonky stuff going on. But look at all the goodness. God's not going to strip it away. It doesn't make any sense. Why would 
yeah, you've got to enjoy those things on earth. But no, no, I can tell you this. As much as these people enjoyed it, enjoyed doing this, um, this will not be happening in heaven. So if you are, if you do happen to be a first time guest with us, it is such an honor to have you with us. And we want to honor you during this series. We're doing something very special for our first time guests, which is we want to give you a free movie ticket as our way of saying thanks for coming. That won't be happening in heaven. No, no sermons based on Woody and little Bo Peep, but otherwise you're going to be doing so much stuff. And at the heart of it, if you've been married longer, I don't know, 20 years, have you noticed your love getting deeper? Notice that? Wait till you get to 30 years. I'm looking forward to 40 years. Because I got to tell you something. I have always dug my wife way more today than yesterday. And not as much as tomorrow. And it's, it just grows. You're going to be loved by God. And you will not stop descending into the depths of his love. If that is something that is a bit of a struggle for you, may I encourage you, please, uh, to avail yourself of a gift from us, courtesy of our gospel partners, titled The Great Love of God, Encountering God's Heart for a Hostile World, written by Dr. Heath Lampert, with a foreword by Johnny Erickson Tata. It's a really challenging read. Uh, not because it's going to necessarily convict you of your sin. Might do that, I guess. But for many of us, it challenges us to allow ourselves to really experience the love of God. We would love to help you to enjoy. Yep, I said enjoy what God wants you to delight in himself. This book, it is our gift to you. Wretched.org slash love. You pay for shipping. We'll send you the book. It will challenge you, and I do believe it will bless you. Uh, Jimmy, we got a problem with this church news story. What? United Church of Christ urges churches to help pregnant people get abortions. See, the problem is that's not a church anymore. What you got right there in Ireland. Roman, and you thought that when Tetzel died, indulgences disappeared wrong. Over the weekend in Ireland, a number of people, thousands of people went up a 700 meter mountain, supposedly one that St. Patrick went up and it's called the Reek Sunday pilgrimage. And what happens? You go up to the top of it. You have to do a bunch of bibbidi bobbidi boo walking around the mountain different ways and sort of a formula march barefoot. And then you receive some absolution for your sins. If you didn't think that indulgences and works to forgive sins was alive and well, uh, go to Ireland on Reek Sunday. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.